0: Johnson County Library is now fine free. Find out more at jocolibraryorg fine free.
1: The e-resource of this episode is S and P Net Advantage. Handy company profiles, stock reports, industry surveys, and newsletters are what you will find at S and P Net Advantage. This service includes S and P credit ratings and C F R A research with buy, hold, sell ratings from equity analysts. You can find S&P Net Advantage under the topic personal finance in the research section of our website.
2: Hope Punk is all about books or shows with hope at the heart of them. Hope as an act of rebellion. Hope as an act of, um, I've heard the phrase, weaponized optimism, which I love. Hope as as a weapon you can use against whatever forces you're fighting against.
0: Joko Library Uncovered.
3: Hey, Dave, I've got a question for you.
2: Okay, I have an answer.
3: Okay. Well, would you say that you are an optimistic person?
4: I try to be. I mean... To be honest with you, I mean there's there's so much if you keep up with the news at all, you know, there's a lot that can bring you down, but you don't want to keep your head in the sand and not know what's going on in the world. Yeah. So, but with that said, I I try to be optimistic. How about you?
3: Yeah, I I would say generally I also think of myself as an optimist. I I like to think that people have good intentions and that most of the time people are trying to do the right thing. So if you just like take a little time, get to know people that you can usually find something positive to think about. That's about good to humanity. know because I
4: got this bridge I'd like to sell you. <laughs> I mean, not
3: 100% of the time, but <laughs> but in general, I, I'm, I would say I'm like 75% optimist.
4: That's fair. Yeah.
3: Yeah. So today we ha- are back with another collection deep dive. And on this episode, we're going to talk about a genre that I hadn't really heard of before this episode called hope punk. Nor have I. Yeah. So hope punk, it's kind of that idea of radical optimism. If you think of like punk as individualism, Mm anti-establishment type of, of ideology, then you add hope on top of that and you get people who are pushing through against adversity Against opposition and letting hope prevail. So I think it's a very optimistic
4: outlook. On I'm optimistic that this is going to be a very interesting subgenre deep dive. Yes, me as well. But first,
3: the news Library News. Well, welcome back, and we have Greg here with us again. Greg, welcome.
1: Charles, thank you so much for having me.
3: Well, I wanted to say thank you to everybody here for uh, for bringing this topic. It's one that I hadn't actually heard of this genre before you brought it up, so I'm excited to learn a little bit more. Greg, I'll turn it over to you and your guests. You can introduce them and tell us a little bit more about Hope Punk.
1: Absolutely. Uh, Thank you so much again, Charles, for introducing us. Uh, Yes, thank you for coming back to our JoCo Library Uncovered Collection Deep Dives, where we invite our staff to come in and do kind of a deeper dive into a specific genre. We're going to talk about movies. We're going to talk about books and get some good recommendations from our staff. But uh, yeah, as you said, my name is Greg Windsor, and I'm a reference librarian here. But let's go around the room and have um, our guests also introduce ourselves. Josh,
5: um, my name is Josh Neff. I am an information specialist at the Blue Valley Library. Um, one of my focuses is readers advisory, so I tend to dig deep in this stuff.
2: Awesome, Joe. And I'm Joe. I work here at the Central Resource Library as a web content developer. And at the library, I've worked both previously as a youth information specialist and an info specialist. So I've done a lot of reader's advisory for both adults and kids, and I'm excited to talk about Hope Punk.
1: Well, thank you guys so much for joining us. And today, uh, by the way, for the listener, all of the books and uh, DVDs that we're gonna talk about today will be included into a BiblioCommons list that'll be in the show notes. So we'll get a nice juicy list of all the topics uh, that we talk about today. But Joe, let's go ahead and start with you. Now, a lot of our listeners may have heard of cyberpunk or maybe steampunk, but maybe not hopepunk. Could you tell us a little bit about what that means and uh, maybe some examples?
2: Yeah, so some folks define hopepunk as a subgenre of science fiction and fantasy. But I would like to put forth the argument that it's more of a vibe than a genre. Any genre could be considered Hope Punk, or any item in any genre could be considered Hope Punk. Hope Punk is all about books or shows with hope at the heart of them. Hope as an act of rebellion, hope as an act of, um, I've heard the phrase, weaponized optimism, which I love. Hope as as a weapon you can use against whatever forces you're fighting against. And um there are a lot of examples that we're gonna talk about today, including some television shows and some books for adults and some books for kids.
1: Well, why don't you go ahead and give us a start, give us a good uh, kind of a broad example of something that includes that quality of Hope Punk.
2: Yeah, so first I want to talk about the TV show, Ted Lasso.
1: Yes, from um, Apple TV that just wrapped up its uh, third season.
2: Yeah, just had the finale. Um, A couple of years ago, Josh and I actually watched that show together, um, and we kind of bonded over it. And I think it's one of the best examples on television right now of a show that uses a very wholesome amount of hope, and happiness and connection and optimism as its driving force.
1: So for a sports show, it is instead of about you know winning and defeating enemies and uh, winning on the, the soccer field, it's more about defeating the demons within each of the characters, right? Growing, connecting, and being supportive of each other.
2: Yeah. Uh, The premise of the show is that an American coach gets hired to coach soccer in the U.K., football, that is. Yes. And um, at one point there's uh, a line that says, it's the hope that kills you. And Ted Lasso, the main character, replies that he disagrees. He says, I think it's the lack of hope that comes and gets you. And I think that's really a good summary of the show. Um, His hope and the hope he inspires the other characters to have... Um, You know, terrible things happen in the show. Characters do bad things to one another. It's not that people don't have uh, struggles. It's that it always returns to that place of hope.
1: That's great. Could you give me another TV show maybe that has similar qualities to that that we're talking about?
2: Yeah, you know, the other show that has given me the most hope punk vibe recently is The Good Place. Yes. I was a little late to that uh, show. But I've enjoyed it so much, and I feel like it also includes characters that do terrible things, have done terrible things, do terrible things during the show, and they still keep coming back together and supporting one another. Um, One of the central themes of that show is what we owe to one another, and what we owe to one another is trying to become a better person every day.
1: And that's the one with uh, Ted or Ted Lasso, Ted Danson and uh, Kristen Kristen Bell as uh, kind of beings in the afterlife who kind of have to must navigate. Uh, relationships with each other and the uh, circumstances around them to get to the good place, whatever that might be.
2: Yeah. It's set in the afterlife um, in a neighborhood built by the afterlife architect Michael, played by Ted Danson. Lots of Teds so far in this show. Yes. And yeah, it centers around one woman's struggle to earn her place in the good place by becoming a better person.
1: That's great. Josh, um, I know you're a big Good Place fan, right? Yeah. Uh,
5: I'm a big Michael Schur fan. Michael Schur, who created and produced The Good Place, um, Mm -hmm. Parks and Recreation, Brooklyn 99. He has a nonfiction book that he wrote, How to Be Perfect, Perfect, that um, involves a lot of the philosophy that he read leading up to The Good Place. And he ultimately very much comes down on hope and, you know, we can't get through this alone. So I'm sort of a Michael Schur fanboy. So Absolutely. any TV show that he'll do in the future, I will probably.
1: Now, since we're talking about um, D- TV shows and, and things on DVD that the library has, are there any other examples of uh, of things in our collection that have that hope punk vibe that you'd like to talk to talk to us about?
5: Um, yeah, it's funny, um, you know, um, that I'm a big, we've bonded on the fact that we're, you know, big superhero fans. Of course. comics. Oh, yes. Um, uh, I think a funny example or a good example is, uh, the Arrowverse that was on the CW, um, that started with the show Arrow that was meant to be sort of a gritty street level. Kind of
1: a Batman-esque vengeance type. Batman-esque,
5: yeah, without anything sort of they were really not going for a very like bright, splashy, campy anything like that. And then in the middle of the second season, they introduced the character Barry Allen, who comics fans know is the superhero, the Flash. Yes. And this is before he is the Flash, but it was a backdoor pilot to that TV show, which very quickly became a very bright, colorful Optimistic show, a lot of contrast to what the arrow to what Arrow had been, and ended up changing the whole tone. They brought in the show Supergirl that had originally was done by the same production team, but um, on a different channel, and they said it's not connected. Uh But then they had a crossover with the Flash. Mm -hmm. Um, They brought it over to the CW and it joined that universe, Um, and that's both the Flash and Supergirl were explicitly about hope and they make a big deal throughout the series about how important hope is um and that no matter how dark things get and sometimes the shows go pretty dark sure. in the personal drama um and the stakes of fighting the bad guys um but they always come back to hope and um treating everybody as if they have the potential for redemption
1: yeah kind of uh, contrasting between some of the movies that could be very dark and very vengeance driven and very revenge driven this is something that where superheroes use their powers and connections to uplift and to kind of uh, provide that shining example for people.
5: a number of times in the flash um characters will tell barry allen super speed isn't your superpower your real superpower is seeing the best in people and being hopeful that's great.
1: Could you show us, since we're kind of in this, this fantasy science fiction uh, vibe, is there any other uh, DVDs that you'd like to tell us about that have that share that quality?
5: Um, I do want to talk about Star Trek. There's a lot of science fiction that, especially future stuff, by nature is hopeful because it assumes that we're going to still be around in the future and we're going off into space. Um, Star Trek, Gene Roddenberry created it intentionally to be a hopeful, optimistic series about how we can get over our Larger conflicts, yeah, Being um,
1: developed in the 1960s during the civil rights and everyone the struggle, the struggle, and that everyone is kind of arguing with each other. He provided a vision where people have resolved those issues and have gone on to other things,
5: right? And there's even backstory that humanity went through a lot of really horrible stuff of World War III and mm-hmm. um, nuclear Armageddon and you know post-apocalyptic life, and then came back to become the society. That that is past racism, past sexism, um, and uh, really kind of has become this unified and yet individualistic, Mm -hmm. um, optimistic society. And later, Star Trek shows have gotten a little darker. Sure, Um, Star Trek Discovery came around a few years ago, and it started off as kind of a prequel to the original series, and a lot of criticism that it drew during its first season was that it was too dark and too cynical for Star Trek. Yeah. Um, and Seth MacFarlane, who I'm not a big fan of. I'm not a big fan of work he had done in the past. Not a big Family Guy fan. He, yeah,
1: he had done the cartoon Family Guy. Right. And, some very, uh, and some
5: other spinoffs of that. Sure. And. Um, and so I was wary until a friend of mine was like, "No, you have to watch his new show, The Orville." Uh-huh. He it started as a kind of workcom set in outer space in the future, but it was clearly, and he, I think he even said in interviews, he felt like Star Trek had gotten too dark, and he wanted to go to. Sort of the the optimism and brightness of Star Trek, spe- specifically Star Trek: and The Next Generation. The
1: the the that brightness that he felt that the the newer shows were lacking. He wanted to bring those back and spotlight those.
5: Right, yeah. and the the overt comedy that starts in the f- sort of first half of its first season moves over to an incredibly optimistic view of the future and uh, scientific curiosity.
1: So, uh, jo- so Josh, I do want to jump to to Joe. While we're on the topic of science fiction, what is a, a maybe a, a book or a novel that you think that kind of encapsulates some of this this hopeful science fiction future?
2: One of my favorites is the one of the most unique series I've ever read. It's the Murderbot series by Martha Wells. The first book is called All Systems Red. And I feel like it centers around the search for a sense of self and a sense of self-fulfillment beyond everything else. Um, It's about a murder bot that... No, wait, you have
1: to explain what is the murder bot?
2: Um, it's a bot that murders people.
1: Okay. <laughs> and this is helpful? Did
5: not see that coming.
2: It, ca- it can be. <laughs> yes.
1: Yeah. So this is a uh, is like a, a security unit, like a security guard, like an AI robot. Yeah, uh,
2: basically an enslaved AI that's hired to protect some people and uh, unprotect others.
1: But the key is, is that it kind of hacks its own kind of governor unit and in, in kind of regains some sort of sentience and still tries to be but discovers kind of the joy of what it means to be human even though it's not itself human
2: yeah uh, it's able to become secretly sentient its owners do not know um, and at first all it really wants to do is watch soap operas and other streaming media yeah uh, to stay entertained um, but it begins to explore its own identity and then it also begins to form some bonds of friendship and connection with the humans that it's hired to protect And uh, at first it finds that a bit inconvenient, Um, but it grows to, yeah, it grows to become its own true self. And at the heart of that, I think, is hope.
1: And this is a series of books, not just one novel,
2: right? Yes, it's a trilogy.
1: Yeah. And, uh, and they're
2: all fairly short and wonderful on audio. I highly Yeah, I
1: actually on. think they've gone up to like five or six uh, books. There's more. Yes. And, um, so let's go ahead and go back to um, Josh. Well, give us a, an example of another book, maybe not science fiction, but has some of those overtones that might uh, crawl into our uh, view of Hope Punk.
5: Um one that I have in mind and it kind of goes back to Joe talking about the good place is the Midnight Library by Matt Hay that
1: is a huge word of mouth hit uh, that yeah the last several years
5: um and, and deservedly so yes um because uh it it sort of I would say I would say literary fantasy which mm-hmm. also kind of goes back to any genre can be hope punk um it gets pretty dark um i actually started crying pretty early into it because it was hitting some uh dark uh notes that you know that i was like oh gosh just, this is a little heavy um content warning it pretty early on, involves suicide. Sure. Um, so if that's triggering to people, maybe maybe steer away from it. But, but, the, but the
1: book itself is about kind of those undone, the the untraveled paths in someone's life. And they go to a, a library where they can kind of take a book down from the shelf and see the, the, the places that their lives could have been,
5: right? And not just see, but live them. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And so this is just a, a kind of everyone always thinks about kind of what could have been or what those big decision points they made in their life, what, how things could have been differently and how those decisions shape us as people and as characters.
5: And no spoilers, so I won't say what happens overall, but it does end on an extremely hopeful note, um, again, of, you know, that as dark as things get, you can still hold on to hope.
1: That's awesome, Josh. And tell us about there's there are other the books that and the movies and the TV shows that we've talked about so far are kind of more geared toward adults. But you have a selection that's kind of that's in the 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 teen section or the 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 young adult section of our uh, library, right?
5: Yeah, it's um, I think it would be marketed as middle grade. We have J fiction uh-huh. at the library. Um, And uh, the first book in a duology, uh, the first one is Sal and Gabby Break the Universe. It's by Carlos Hernandez, one of the funniest books I've read, um, and about um, middle school students who get involved in um, the multiverse. um, But really what I think stands out for it as Hope Punk and what I really loved about it Um, is that all of the conflicts, including the main character's conflict with a bully at school, are resolved with intelligence and charisma, Mm -hmm. not with fighting.
1: And this is something that can be read by adults as well.
5: Oh, well, I read it. Okay, and I mean, go. that's probably not the best example, but okay. yes, other adults have read it, too, and enjoyed it.
1: Okay, Joe, uh, um, jo, what other books that, uh, that kind of a, maybe from that area of the library that you would recommend?
2: Yeah, back when I was a youth services librarian, a title caught my eye on the shelf. The title was The Girl Who Circumnavigated Fairyland in a Ship of Her Own Making. And solely based on that title, I checked the book out, and I'm so glad that I did. It's by Catherine Valente and it's about september a young girl who escapes her boring life in omaha when she is abducted willingly and taken to fairyland and her story is also all about the connections she makes and the tenacious hope she has throughout her strange wild and wonderful adventures in fairyland oh. and
5: that was another one that we bonded over
2: we did we talked about catherine volante a lot and that book i highly recommend to adults and children alike its language is so poetic and beautiful
1: and that is another one that's part of a series that you can kind of it jump is. into. Yeah, yep. that's wonderful. Now, what Josh said earlier when he was talking about the uh, the Matt Haig um, book, one of the things that we didn't just didn't have time to really delve into today is the the concept of uplit of uh, books that are kind of about um, usually cranky or isolated characters who kind of just reach out and kind of make connections to the world around them and really changes them. It's been a huge genre, especially uh, popular in book clubs in recent years, A Man Called Ove uh, by Frederick Bachman or uh, Eleanor Oliphant is, uh, is Fine by uh, Eleanor Lipman. Um, uh, Remarkably Bright Creatures by Shelby Van Pelt was a huge word-of-mouth hit um, last year. I was going to tell you all about one that's just came out last month. It's called The Collected Regrets of Clover by Mickey Brammer. And this uh, book is about a death doula, uh, a woman who uh, kind of instead of a doula traditionally helps somebody through the co- childbirth, through the process, this person helps people through their end-of-life choices and kind of uh, devotes her life to making sure that people are comforted and supported and feel, a conne- feel that sense of connection toward the end of her life. However, she is so committed to her job that she has kind of neglected her own life and whenever she makes a connection with a, a client that inspires her to reach out and, uh, and do that for herself. It's, a, it's a, just a fabulous book that kind of hits you right in the feels and kind of helps you uh, understand that make those connections to things that are larger than yourself. Uh, just a reminder that all of these uh, books are going to be in a list into BiblioCommons, so take a look at the show notes. And uh, I'll find all of those and more at our website, jokolibraryorg uncovered. I would like to thank Joe and Joss for joining us here today.
2: Thank you, Greg.
0: Yeah, thanks. This is fun. Don't go anywhere. There's more Joko Library Uncovered
3: to come. So I think this subgenre really appealed to me so much because a lot of writing out there that's about the future, it leans more towards the negative. It, it's a lot of like, oh, there's a dystopia or authoritarian governments or rampant disease and environmental destruction. And those are things that I feel like sometimes they leave me feeling down about yeah about what I've just read, like, there could be important messages in there, but, and and strong themes, things that I really feel like I need to read about these things and think about them. But uh, I just like the idea that Hope Punk, instead of that negativity being the end, they lean more into that, we're going to embrace radical positivity, and yeah. we're going to... We're going to talk about hope for humanity. And I, I think that concept is
4: pretty awesome. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. Well, speaking of awesome, see what I did there? Our next episode <laughs> nice is our fun drive. And if you listen to uh, public or community radio or you watch PBS, you are very familiar with the fund drive. That's fund with a D. We're not going to do that. No, no, no. Instead, we'd like to introduce a new concept an annual fun drive. That's fun without a D. And say it with me fun drive. Fun See, drive. <laughs> I'm sorry, I, a, I missed. <laughs> a fun drive. That's fun with a D is organized activity or instance of soliciting money or pledges as for charitable uh, organizations or political campaigns. So a fun drive again, that's fun without a D is the organized activity or an instance of soliciting what our librarians and patrons consider fun. We're talking guilty pleasures, passions, interests, whatever you engage in just for the fun of it. The drive part means that we are collecting these responses, what you consider fun, and we're going to take a deep dive into library programs, services, and even the collection to show you how the library can help you have fun. So please look for our Fun Drive questionnaire on Facebook, Twitter, and, of course, our website, (laughs) (laughs) JokoLibrary.com. Okay. um, You know, here's a couple fun things. Uh, And uh, I'm not going to kill the mic. So um, one thing that's fun is this questionnaire is just one question. And it's like, what do you consider fun? And um, the fun thing here is that – You know, our uh, website is slash uncovered. And in my notes, I've written J H O C. (laughs) Yeah.
3: So that's (laughs) Jocolibrary without the H to contribute to our fun drive without the D.
4: Oh, we're having too much fun.
0: Joco Library Uncovered
3: If you enjoyed today's topic, you might be interested in these recommendations from our collection. First, a Charles's choice, and today I am recommending Sourdough, which is a book by Robin Sloan.
4: Well, that's a good transition right into a Dave's double feature because um, mine is from a famous cook, Anthony Bourdain, a cook's tour that is available on Canopy. I selected that because Anthony Bourdain to me seems like the ultimate hope punk. You know, he's definitely punk, you know, he's very raw and edgy, but he always has this kind of optimism of uh, people and culture and uh, going to find great stuff where you might not necessarily find it or expect to find it. Mm-hmm. Uh, my second is a very popular uh, kind of game show called Alone. That's okay. available on Canopy as well, where individuals are placed in remote areas and they simply have to survive. It's amazing what these people will do to survive. And face in the face of you know weather and uh, uh, starvation and the threat of predators, yeah, but the thing that gets them by is hope. Hmm. Um, sometimes they'll make up their their own little activities to a- occupy their mind and keep them going. Uh, maybe they make musical instruments. <laughs> maybe they'll make uh, games like chess sets and things like that. But it's interesting to see, in the face of adversity, um, just how deep you can uh, uh, go into that well of hope. Well, those sound
3: great, and those are on Canopy, but a full list of our book report recommendations can be found on our webpage, jocolibrary.org uncovered.
0: JoCo Library Uncovered is a production of Johnson County Library and is recorded at the Central Resource Library in Overland Park, Kansas. We would love to read your thoughtful emails at uncovered at jocolibrary.org. Join our online conversation at facebook.com slash jocolibrary. Look for us on Twitter at jocolibrary. Our website is jocolibrary.org. Subscribe to JoCo Library Uncovered through your favorite podcatcher or go to jocolibrary.podbean.com. Thanks for listening and come back in two weeks for more Joko Library Uncovered.